friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. All right, welcome. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt, and I will be your host today. And today is going to be so fun for me because I have a guest who has been a longtime friend. We have done ministry together as well as just doing life together. He is the executive director uh, at Operation Joy Foundation and also one of the speaking pastors at Rock Point Church in Arizona. So welcome, Patrick McCullough. How are you today? Great, Patty. Thank you so much for having me on. It's good to be back with you. You were just on my podcast like two weeks ago or a week ago. Yes. So yeah, Patrick has his podcast, No Gray Areas, um, and you interviewed me. And now it's my turn to put you in the hot seat. But it's really cool when you have the opportunity to interview your friends because it's like you're having a casual conversation, yet you have intentional questions that you might not discuss if we were just sitting and having coffee. So it's kind of like this this weird, you know, vibe that you have going on where it's like, well, why did she ask me that on live radio? Yeah. <laughs> but I <will. laughs> Yeah. Yes, but I wouldn't be surprised with that if you did that with me because we've known each other long enough. I know something like that's coming. Yeah, and I'm all I'm all about that surprise element, right? So yes, like if I can do anything for shock value, somehow I will be able to weave that in. But today we want to talk about you are ruining my life and why the parenting journey isn't easy. Or you know that, especially in the teenage years, that they're looking at you going, okay, why do I have you as a parent? And why are you trying to control my life? And I'm I'm way smarter than you. So stop ruining my life. Uh, so with that, I want to jump in to a season of perhaps where you ruined your children's life. <laughs> like, when, when did that happen? <laughs> Well, certainly in the teenage years, right? Like what teenager has not felt like their parents were ruining their life, right? Yes. Um, yeah, no matter how, and I, and I really feel like I had a great relationship with my kids. I tell people all the time, I've loved every stage of parenting. I love when they were chill, little kids, you know, the baby stage to the toddler stage, to that elementary stage, even when they were in high school, we had, we had just had a lot of great memories, but there's no doubt that there were times where those my kids were like, you're ruining my life. And now they're adult yeah. children. So it's a totally different style of parenting now. Yeah. So you have a 28-year-old female, a 25-year-old yep. male, and a 22-year-old male. And they are all fabulous kids. So I do want to preface that where you have done an amazing job as a parent and as a dad as I've watched your kids grow up. Because it's really easy to be the commentator and talk about other people's parenting skills and, oh, I can't believe. I, I was just with my daughter and her, her friend the other day with their little babies. And one of them it has a toddler. And it's easy to go, oh, my, like just watching yeah. them parent. And you go, until you're in that place, 
you just don't really know what you're going to do until you have to yep. deal with that situation. And one of the things that I've noticed in my parenting as I reflect back is that as much as you look at your kids and you, I see them as being successful and they're contributing to society and they look like this, is that I attached my ego to them, if that makes sense. There are a lot of things I did that as a parent, you don't think it's about your image, but I look back and I realize that you, you did a lot out of your ego. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure, for sure. Which is why when our kids disappoint us or do something that we don't agree with or doesn't fit our value system, we we sometimes respond, I think, in the wrong way because it's more out of our own ego. It's, yeah. it's not so much, I want what's best for my kid. I want my child to understand. It's more about you embarrass dad or you embarrass mom even with adult children sometimes. Yeah. And we're bringing our formative years and how we were parented into the scenario without even realizing it. Uh, You and I both talk about, we had fathers that believed in um, corporal punishment. And, uh, you know, sometimes I go back and forth where I know it was done out of love. And yet uh, I, I, I struggle sometimes with, some of that. And yet scripture says, you know, in Proverbs, um, to, to not spare the rod. So what, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, my dad was, a he was a Marine, um, strict disciplinarian. I didn't always like it. I was younger, but when I was about 19 or 20 and I had gone off to college, I actually sat down and wrote him a thank you letter because I saw a bunch of undisciplined uh, foolish young people making stupid decisions in their life and they couldn't even run their own life. And yet they're adults, 18, 19, 20, you know, that we would say that that's an adult. Um, so I, I wrote him a thank you letter, but when I had my children, I, I believe in corporal punishment. I believe that's what the Bible says there. Um, I mean, children are different, so you have to figure out different forms of punishment sometimes for different children, but I did do it differently than my dad. I would still, my kids would say when they were little, I was a strict disciplinarian too, but I, I tried to make sure that every time we left that room or wherever we had sat down and and walked through that discipline process, that I tried as much as possible to leave with us laughing and hugging each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the part that I didn't necessarily like that my dad did is a lot of times I felt like there was a broken relationship between him and I because of whatever I did. And I wanted my kids to understand, just like with God, you, you, you made a mistake. Um, Hebrews 13 even talks about that, right? Like God, God, like children, he punishes, um, those he loves. So when you're punished by God, it's proof that he loves you. Um, but I wanted my kids to understand that. So that's why it was always, let's try to leave laughing and hugging each other. Yeah. So it took, it took a little longer and it was inconvenient at times. And I will say I did not do that perfectly, obviously. Yeah. The, the part that you said, um, with your father, where you felt like it was a broken relationship, that to me is the key. When you keep your kids close to the point where, you know, we say unconditional love, but I, 
that is hard. Like, I don't even really know. I can sit there and tell you, oh, yeah, no, I love my kids unconditionally. But if you were really to unpack that, I don't know what that unconditional love, because there's still that that broken piece sometimes because you are angry. And I, I look back and it's because, once again, I believe a little bit of that is our pride and our ego that gets in the way. So tell me a time where you felt like with your kids where there was that broken part. Yeah. So our, you know, every, every kid is different. And the kid that is uh, out of our three kids, the, the child that is most like me is our middle one. He's our oldest son, our firstborn son. Um, he and I are exactly alike, which is probably why um, when he was growing up uh, out of all of them, our, our youngest is super compliant. I would just look at him when he was, you know, little kid and I told him not to do something. He started doing, I'd just be like, Kyle and his little, you know, you'd see his little heart melt. That was it. Yes. My, my son, I would tell him not to touch something and he just look right at me and reach over and touch it. Like he, and he's always been that way, which is why now he's so driven. He's successful. He's in the Marine Corps. I mean, you could see why he was that way, but he and I were the, that he was the one that pushed me. Oh man, he pushed me. And there were a couple of times where when I'm saying, you know, I would, you know, I think that's the other part that's important with parenting is the reason that we discipline in, in a, in an unhealthy way sometimes is because instead of we say, no, we let them disobey 10, 12, 13, 15 times, and then we blow our top. Well, then you're not going to handle it well, but all of us will do that at times. And, and I can remember a couple of times where, you know, I lost it with my son and I didn't do anything that was wrong or hurtful, but it was enough that instead of us leaving the room laughing, yeah. uh, he probably felt rightly so that there was a broken relationship but in those times that's where i need to had to have a posture of repentance even as an adult as a dad and and i think they were some of the best teaching times i had as a parent mm -hmm. as i would go and get on my knees important part posture get on my knees with my son and say i'm so sorry son that that daddy was angry and i didn't respond well like mm -hmm. i said i'm not i'm not saying i never beat my kids but it was just something where I knew yeah. that instead of him feeling that I loved him and I was doing this in, in a responsive love, he knew even as a child, I did it in anger yeah. and he could feel that. So that's where we have to go apologize. I love that tip, Pat, about getting on your knees, I, the posturing part. I, I hadn't heard that before. Um, and that is so true to make sure you're right there on their level with humility saying, I, I, I don't always make the best decisions and, yep. and that's okay. Um, would you say your kids' behavior or outcomes depend on more than just parenting? Um, what, what do you mean by that question? That's a great question. Are you, are you saying that there's other people involved? Yes. Yes. So is it like when I, my mom, I remember there was an elder in our church and everybody, you know, respected him, looked up to him. And his first son really went off the deep end and he had three, three boys. And then the, the second one went off the deep end. And then the third one was like spot on, like love Jesus was, you know, going after craving Jesus. And, and it, people would say like, 
oh, if if one goes a different way, then that could just be the people he's surrounding himself with, his peers or whatever. But when the second one, I remember being a kid and hearing people talk that way. When the second one also is turning from the Lord, then what's going on in the home? What's the parenting? What's taking place? And then with the third one, there was like this redemption of, well, okay, maybe, maybe they're okay. We put so much focus on the parenting yes. and yes. what are they doing wrong? Uh, you know, what, what happened there? And so that's where it's like, okay, the outcome there, it does it depend on just the way that the parenting yeah. is. Okay. I see what you're asking. And I would say, oh, absolutely not. I think that was one of, for you and I, at our age, there was a parenting organization that we learned a lot from in the 80s and 90s that did yeah. a lot, a lot of good things. One of the things that they didn't do, and I don't think they ever expressly said this, but it was subtly taught, if you put this in, if you parent correctly, then you're automatically going to get godly children. doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. Now, people always quote, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not turn from it, right? Well, those are Proverbs. Proverbs are generalizations that are generally mm -hmm. two. Proverbs 15.1 says a soft answer turns away wrath. Does that mean that every single time you give a soft answer, someone's not going to respond in anger? No, it's a proverb. It's a generalization. Most often, if you respond in a nice way, people will respond back the same way. But it's not always true. Same way with the proverb, train up a child in the way they should go. If we parent well, most often our children have a better chance of, of mm -hmm. being successful in life and living out what Solomon talks about living a wise life, but it's not a guarantee because our children always are the ones that are going to make their own choices. Mm. Always. Mm. Yeah. So, so, um, I think that there's a ton of responsibility that parents have and without a doubt, the most important influence in child's life is a parent, good or bad. But that child is still going to make their own choices. If we believed that if you love a child and raise a child the right way, they will automatically turn out, then God is the worst parent in history. <laughs> because God is the perfect parent, and yet how many of us rebel? Yeah, yeah. Starting with Adam and Eve, right? And yep. what you said there with the choices that they make, and that's the biggest part as a parent is that dance, right, of wanting to make the choices for them, getting upset when you watch them make poor choices and trying to control it versus letting them have that autonomy. And I think that's the part you go from, you know, forcing them to eat and then all of a sudden now forcing them to make godly choices that 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 you want them to be successful and to to love Jesus and it, once again it's that autonomy they have to choose it so especially right now uh you and I were talking about 52% according to the Pew Research Center of adults are moving back in with their parents that is a a very strong dance. And that's from 18 to 34 years of age. Now we really can't make their choices for them. Yes, and yes. yet we want to. Down to 
hey, I have spider webs in my window. You know, could you get over there and make sure you're you're cleaning those spider webs? It's like, uh, no. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to clean the spider webs out of it. It's like, but you're living in my home. And as a family, we're all a part of this team. So there's this struggle continuously now. If we're having half of our our kids are back in, in the home. So how how do you deal with disrespectful adult children? If if you have the answers there, we would love to hear. Oh man, I I don't have the answers. I mean, I do. And this isn't this this didn't come from me. I borrowed this from someone a long time ago. I don't know who it was, but I always when I talk about parenting, I say there's three different stages, three C words, uh, commander, coach, counselor, that when your children are really little, you're the commander in their life. It's yes and no. And you're teaching them that, hey, when I say no, it means no. The pro- mistake that some parents make, especially really strict disciplinarians, is they never leave the commander stage. Mm-hmm. So their kids are. 12 years old, 15 years old, 16 years old, and you're still the commander. And it's like, man, they're becoming young adults. You're not helping them learn how to live life. So you go from being a commander to a coach. Now you're coaching them and you're letting them make mistakes in your home, but you're going, you know, you're cheering, you're the cheering squad. You're sometimes correcting them. You're pulling them out of the game and sitting them on the bench. Um, But then when they become adults, it's more of a counselor. And I think this is uh, my wife is really good with this and she's helped me become better at this too is to recognize with adult children i most often have to wait for them to come and ask me for advice i'm going to hurt my relationship with them if i'm always going and telling them how they should parent and telling them how they should live life they're adults now and if i've developed a good enough relationship with them which we have with our children they'll 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 come to us and they'll ask us now do they do they ask me as much as i would like no because I think I have the answers for everything. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't, of course. But I actually learn from them now sometimes. But it definitely is the counselor. Now, where that gets messy is, like you're saying, 52% now are moving back in with home. It's easy to be a counselor when they live in a different house. Yeah. What happens when they're living in my house now? And that that's just where hopefully there's a healthy enough relationship where you have mutual respect. Yeah. If there isn't mutual respect, I mean... I don't think there's a problem if they're living in your house that you start moving back into that coaching. You know, you move back from the counter to the coaching of like, hey, um, you know, you keep cooking in the kitchen and making a mess and you're not doing any of the dishes. And yeah, you live in this place. You have a responsibility there, too. That's not a counselor anymore. You're moving back to the coach, but they're living in your home. So I think you have to. Well, what's hard is that when you don't go to the counselor space because your kid is never left and that's what's happening too so they don't know what it's like to go outside of the home and buy toothpaste and buy toilet paper and have to you know fix the plumbing or any of that uh so then it gets really messy because if you've never left and you don't understand what um adulting looks like then it it gets complicated so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump here uh, onto another question because I, I heard this the other day about, oh, that, that child is so spoiled. So can you spoil a child by loving them too much? Well, I would answer that question by saying if, if you can, then God is the worst parent again. Mm. Because 
God loves us unconditionally. God never stops loving us. In fact, God is the definition of love. He is love. God is love. Says that many times, right? John, first John. So, um, no, you can't love your child too much. Now, the mistake, though, that people will make is how you define love. Love doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries, right? Like, in fact, it says right in Proverbs, if you love your child, you will discipline your child. So some people define love in a, in, in a, in a way that's not correct from a biblical standpoint. So can you love your chi- child too much? No, never, never, never. There's no way you can. That doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. But that was the one thing, is Jarman and I, my wife and I, we said when our kids were very, very little, we sat down one time and I remember we said, when our kids leave home, what is the, if there's only one thing that we instilled, if there's only one thing that we got them to understand and instilled in them, and, it was, and when we decided it would be this, that they would know no matter what they did, no matter how far they've gone, no matter how far they've fallen, that they will always come home to a mom and dad who have open arms. Doesn't mean that we agree with what they did. It doesn't mean that they're not going to have to deal with consequences. But they will know without a shadow of a doubt that mom and dad love them, which yeah. is what I think God does with us. Yeah, yeah. And now we're getting into some some darker, grayer areas, but you're all about no gray areas with your podcast. Uh, <laughs> I do believe that love, just like it says in scripture, will conquer at all when they know that mm-hmm. they are being loved and they're continuously being told that no matter no matter what they do you're right and i know i have a friend right now who is in a very very dark spot because her her daughter just came out wanting to change her name uh-huh. to um uh, a male name and yep. just our world is being turned upside down and it we have to get in especially in the christian community to find that space to go, I am going to love. I'm not going to fix them now as they're moving into adulthood. I am going to to love them. And at some point, we have to stop controlling and really, it's, once again, easy for me to be the commentator here, you know, surrender it to God, you know, just give it up. It's like, well, yeah, until you're in the daily part of it. And you're you're dealing with what does that look like? What does what does love look like? So can you breathe into that in a in a time where you had to just love? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had two situations. So our 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 oldest son, our um, middle child, um, I was the pastor of a church. Uh, he had a girlfriend. They were in the they were in the youth group. They had gone through all of the you know hey set up boundaries so you don't go too far physically. They were trying to do all that. They but their senior year in high school, all of a sudden they say hey can we talk to you? They took us on the back patio and they're like Courtney's pregnant. And I, I mean I remember waking up the next morning going this has to be a dream. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. But in that moment, um, they talked to us about that, and we're, we're very close. We've always been very close to our kids. Charmin wisely said, um, your dad and I need to take a walk. So we went for a walk, and while we were walking, we both just felt God saying, you don't need to heap shame on them. Mm. Um, they just need to be loved right now. And so we went back, and Charmin took Courtney aside and uh, talked to her, and I took my son out to the corner of the yard, and I said, you know, Josiah, I've always said you're a warrior. Um, you, you, you're like, I named you after a King in the Bible. Um, 
you have that king's heart, that warrior's heart. David was a man after God's own heart, made a big mistake in his life, but he was a man after God's own heart after that mistake too. And I think you're going to do the same with this, Josiah. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't, you know, we didn't go down that route of now you're going to marry her because that ends up being some really bad marriages sometimes. So we're like, you guys need to think and pray about what you want to do. And they ended up, they did, they got married. They have four kids now. They're an amazing couple, an amazing team. But, um, you know, that was a time where, uh, again, like you said earlier, even my ego as a pastor, I'm like, I got a pregnant son. I mean, not, well, he wasn't pregnant. That's impossible. Yeah. His girlfriend was pregnant and that was embarrassing for me as a pastor. And I'm like, get over your ego. And focus on what your kids need at that time. Yeah. Our 22-year-old son right now. Um, love that kid so much. Love him. He's not, he's he's wrestling with his, his relationship with God. He's like, Dad, I can't get Pat. There is a God. I, I can't look around and not believe there's a God. But he's not sure if he wants to be all in on following God. Yeah. But how do I react to that? How do we react to those parents? Well, I think, number one, we keep loving them and we keep letting them know. It doesn't matter. I still love yeah. you. Yeah. Powerful words, Pat. Um, especially the part of we went for a walk. <laughs> right yeah. there. Such a big key, you know, that that tip, go for a walk because it's really easy to go into that place. And I once again, I do think it's because of our egos. We, Oh, my word, I'm doing ministry. Do you understand what this is going to look like? And how can I go out there and talk about guardrails and boundaries and all of this when my own child is doing X, Y, Z, rather than going, hey, this is life. It gets messy. And mm -hmm. we want to shame um, out of our own guilt, maybe. Yep, yep versus just loving and going, you know what? Think of how God's going to use us, which of course, you know, always goes back to Romans 8, 28. Uh, yep. And that is so powerful. And, and I think what you just said is going to be used so much just even with, with our listeners now that all things work together for good once we yes. allow God to be a part of it. And yes. uh, I, I thank you for sharing that story. I, I just think that's a, a very powerful story. And there's people right now sitting in that space of, I don't know what to do with, with my kids. Well, yep. we have one more minute. There are so many other things that I would love to ask and talk about, but I, I want to just get down to one big tip uh, and we're going to have you on again on another ep episode, so I'll be able to unpack a few more things with you. But what was your goal in raising your children? Uh, for them to know that they're loved, loved by God and loved by mom and dad. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that the, all the messiness of parenting, if you put it underneath that, that's what we wanted to know. No matter what happens, no matter how far you go, no matter where you go, mom and dad are always going to love you just like God will. Yeah. Thanks for that, Pat. Once again, it's been an honor having you on the show today. I'm glad we're going to have another episode with you. And once again, you can find Pat No Gray Areas, and he's the director, executive director at Operation Joy Foundation. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It, because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.